Welcome to Crime by the Bar. Welcome to Crime by the Bar. It's our latest mystery episode. It's Friday. It is Friday. Why am I not more excited? Well, (laughs) (laughs) let's not get into the time travel aspect again. Uh, But no, it's Friday and it's a mystery or two mysteries. It's two mysteries. We got two of them. Actually, I might have a bonus one for you too. Oh, I'll happily accept it. I only prepared one, to be honest. Mine are both really, really short. And Ah. I have, well, I have one that's not so short, and then I have one that's like three sentences of interesting stuff. Hmm. So, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, Mm -hmm. to just get right into it, we need to figure out who's worse this week. And I'm going to say that I'm 100% sure that it's me. Yeah, I think after the tail end of Tuesday's episode, I... (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's you as well. What did you do? What's going on? It's something awful. I did nothing. There's this is gore? just there's nastiness. Yeah, so it's definitely high on the gore scale. It is quite high on the creepy scale, and with just a little soupçon of of the humanity on top. Um, but still on topic. So this week we've been delving into slightly alternative mm-hmm. modes or perceptions of related crimes and um yeah so tuesday's episodes which you should have heard because you should be listening to every episode yeah, why aren't you listening to every uh, episode we're amazing <laughs> plus i i know with my crime i'm gonna make re- reference to an old episode so. oh that's brilliant so you mm-hmm. need to study if yeah. you haven't done your homework pause now and go back we'll be fine we'll wait for you we promise mm. So now they've gone. Let's keep going. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, Tuesday we handled like psychics involved in the solving of crimes. This Friday we are focusing on, in general, the, you know... Supernatural. The supernatural, the occult, the weird, the maybe... Oh, that's a hint. (laughs) Mysterious stuff. Beyond the typical just, uh, yeah, this is Mystic Mysteries episode. Mystic Mysteries, I mm-hmm. like it. So, yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm confident I'm worst. Uh, should I just get started? Or? Yeah, well, do we want to talk about the GHC scale? <laughs> Are we using uh, always, GHC? Uh, always takes me a second. Gore, humanity, creep factor. Yeah, it is a good scale to set a triangle but we already know we need worse, something so we snappier though because like GHC no yeah but it's very clinical like oh. uh, like back in the old days when we were just going like on Treveline versus tan scale for instance but um, yeah Treveline was yeah or the classic nopes or um oh yeah the nopes uh, nopes per minute and I can't remember the other one now Oh no, but it's like your catchphrase, you say it constantly, you haven't said it uh, at least for one episode. Oh dears. Oh dears, I've been trying to reel in the oh dears. (laughs) Plus, after that conference last week, I'm feeling super corporate right now. What am I doing? Oh dears, not corporately acceptable? Apparently not, no, it's it's two lady with her knitting and her baking. Uh, Fair point. (laughs) (laughs) So I've had the the oh dears knocked out of me. Um, I've really noticed in my... 
I almost said civilian life, but uh, (laughs) every day I've uh, started using oh dear a lot more since we started with this. Maybe it's contagious (laughs) or maybe um, it's like the ring. I pass it on to you and then it's out of my system. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen. Let's find out. Tell me your awful story, please. Yes, an awful, awful story. Since we know it's awful and gory, I will give you the title immediately, which is rather telling. I'm going to talk to you about the St. Alban Street Massacre. Okay. I, I Any mean, bells ringing? It, a little bit, but I, I can't mm. connect the dots. Okay. I'm curious. So, this entire story begins in 1904, mm-hmm. when Benjamin Evangelista moved to the United States of America. Ooh. Mm. Uh, once it was here, he anglicized his name to Benny Evangelist. Okay. Which to me is a weird choice, but fair enough. Um, it's Billy the Italian, Benny the Evangelist. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, that sounds more like a title in that case. Like Evangelista it does, is, it? It, it is the same thing, but it's still, you know, more of a surname to me. I don't know. Hmm. But uh, he moved there, worked as a carpenter, until after one or two years after he landed, something like that, he received his first vision from God. Okay. You're making a face and I love it. I, I don't, I don't appreciate uh, making light of people's religious beliefs, but I also don't appreciate people who try to, yeah, I, I suspect I'm not going to enjoy this. I, I think this guy is full of shit. Well, I wouldn't know. I wasn't there. But um, he he claimed to have received these visions. And he declared himself a divine prophet. Not looking great for him. And mm. Okay, go on. I'll uh, try not to be too judgmental. <laughs> he started a minor cult. And he began writing on a like massive, I think it was like a Bible-like project he called The Oldest History of the World. I think it was supposed to be a four-volume thing. He only managed to complete one volume. It's a lot of work, though. Mm -hmm, Definitely. You'd think an actual prophet might be able to get on with that. He he was... (laughs) No, but I mean, he was quite hardworking. He, um, in the day-to-day, he worked mostly as a faith healer. He still kept the carpentry thing going, but he was a faith healer, Mm -hmm. and he offered expensive, both like healing sessions and sermons, uh, very expensive back in the day. Um, so they earned him a lot of money during this period. Mm-hmm. So he lived with his family in Detroit this period after he kind of started all of this. Uh, his family was uh, him, his wife Santina, and four childrens uh, aged from eight years to 18 months old. Okay. For specifics, it was... Um, That's really close grouping. Yeah, kind of. Like it was uh, two daughters first, aged eight and five, uh, a son aged four, and a final son Mario aged eighteen months. Okay, yeah, so okay, there, that's there fine. There's no Irish twins in there. No, what's an Irish twin? You don't know what an Irish twin. I've is? never heard this. No, Irish twin is a uh, for two kids that are two children, ideally with the same parents, at least with the same mother, who mm-hmm. are um, birthed within the same calendar year. Oh. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the the running joke is you don't use contraception. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> so you have a kid in January, and oh, there's another one popping out in October. Wow. Goodness. Yeah. Hmm. So it, it doesn't cover regular twins because that's crap. <laughs> there was a case of a woman who got pregnant um, with twins by two different fathers. Hmm. And they were both at different points within the term. Yeah, I know. What, Isn't like, that I, insane? I was on board until like doing the term, really? Y yeah. So like one was, say, two months older than the other. But the that must be such a free coincidence on so many levels. That's such a yeah, um. But huh. the having twins with two different fathers, it's incredibly rare. But it's it's quite it, possible. It is possible, yeah. and I can see that happen. But How like cool you said, that? Like during the term, that's like hey, we're snuggle buddies in the womb, and we're not even full blood related. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's so. I love it. Anyway, do you know if there's a term for that? Snuggle buddies. I don't know. Half-blood <laughs> snuggle buddies. That's what I'm calling it. That sounds more like, you know... Oh, this... don't. Don't make this horrible. Okay, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Good. Don't sully the You were the one buddies. who coined it. You're, you, snuggle you're buddies. making nice. the words. Snuggle buddies is like when cats do the yin-yang uh, level of curling up together. They're yeah, but that wasn't big... all you said. Okay, fine, I'm dropping it, I'm dropping it. Yeah, drop Let's it. go back to the wonderful massacre. Thank you, great, wonderful, <laughs> glad we're moving on to happier things. <laughs> okay, so, where was I? Um, I have no idea. Yes, uh, Benjamin Evangelista, or Benny Evangelist. I'm going to say Benjamin for the sake of uh, easiness. Mm. So yeah, he lived in Detroit, family, four kids, etc., in the evening of the 3rd of July in 1929, mm -hmm. Benjamin and his entire family was murdered, mutilated by someone wielding an axe and supposedly a keen-edged blade. Okay. This is pretty grim. It gets worse on several levels. Yay. So, uh, Santina, the mother, and the children were all... Uh, brutally cut down or chopped up, mostly in their beds, from what we can tell. There are a lot of inconsistencies from um, the general reporting back in the day. Yeah. Like, I I was so surprised at the amount of, like, newspaper cutouts and stuff I found. But they were all kind of random with some of the facts. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the majority of the family was cut down in the bed. That doesn't mean that it was an easy passing but uh, I'll, I'll get to that. But the main consistency in all the reports was that Benjamin was definitely and um, very deliberately decapitated. Most of the major sources state that he was very deliberately decapitated and he had, uh, like, yes, he was attacked in other ways as well, but his head was cut off and basically stood up or presented in the room. Some said it was like Ooh. standing on the floor, some on a desk, some on a uh, chair. But yeah head right there oh dear uh one newspaper i think it was the border city star wrote as a quote the killer apparently had a demon's craving to cut off the heads of evangelist and his wife but was content to bash in the children's skulls that's horrible mrs evangelist's head was also almost severed and one of the little girl's arms was also cut off evidently by a miscalculated blow so it was a pretty gruesome scene with a lot of chopping, let's say. There was really no debate about who was worse this week. Uh, no, I was 
relatively certain, mm. as I said. Mm. So d- during this attack, the okay forensics was limited back then, but still they barely found any clues. They saw basically a partial palm print on a doorknob was yeah. almost all they had to go on. There were some speculations regarding the shoes, but they were way too. Um, they found some kind of shoe print, but it was way too common and generic for them to do anything with it. And yeah, I imagine there's not that many shoemakers back then. No. One per ton, similar kind of still, style. You still have some industries, but yeah. Regardless, the the police were investigating this. They had a lot of. Uh, I saw a lot of reports of like almost convictions. There were several arrests. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was someone who knew the family, an acquaintance, who was brought in. I the paper wasn't clear on how it happened, but the police had apparently found a short axe and a sharp knife that could have been used in murder with some stains on it, but nothing held up. And like later, the massacre was like briefly blamed on the mafia, somehow convicted to some other brutal, slightly culty serial killings. Mm-hmm. But they didn't get that far. Like they had, There were basically three main paths for theories, and um, everyone chose their own path, I guess. So... The press favorite, as I can tell from the clippings, was that it was basically a rival cult thing. This was um, floated pretty early, as I can tell. And it was also one of the last last leads that were pushed through the press. Because a couple of years later, they had kind of mentioned it and bounced back to this in the press. Because it's sensational, I guess. And the last mentions I could find was um, about the there was another cult leader who was a bit more direct and open. The cult leader was called Robert Harris. Mm-hmm. He was the self-proclaimed king of a cult with uh, over 100 followers. And he had admitted to ritually sacrificing a James J. Smith by first crushing a skull and then stabbing him with a ritual knife on an altar. The body was discovered and kind of linked to him, and then he was really happy to confess, like, oh, of course I did that, all according to the prophecy, where he was, he got some kind of message and read in books, and he was supposed to murder the first person he met on a very specific day after, you know, these amount of moons and whatnot. Um, so anyone that wasn't another cultist. Uh, but he was caught for that and very happily obliged. And a lot of people suspected that it was nearby that he would have been involved in taking out evangelists. Okay. Um, so that was the press favorite. One that didn't get that much notice, but basically the thought of disgruntled customers, I guess. Yeah. Uh, with like people who had either went to Benjamin for healing or for consultation or sermons. So there was even one convict who, while incarcerated, had claimed that he had murdered the family in revenge for Benjamin basically scamming him out of all his life savings. You know what's kind of, as a side note, Mm. interesting? Whenever I was looking for a crime for our last episode, I found one about someone who did a tarot reading to say you're going to come into a lot of money and there's going to be a windfall and it's going to be soon and da 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 and um it never happened so the customers murdered the reader oh 
it's it's, crazy. Sorry, I really thought that, like that is horrible. I was really hoping when you did the ramp up there that the customer would sue the tarot reader because it didn't come through no. and then got a lot of money and then it technically came through. No. I was hoping for something like that. But nope, yeah. it was okay. not as poetic. It was just full-blown. <laughs> Can't believe you said this would happen. It didn't happen, so I'm going to kill you. Well, no, it's definitely not happening. That's pretty, especially on something as generic as, oh, you're going to get a bit of cash. I think it was, um, you're going to get a windfall. And they got excited. Uh, but still, like comparing to what we mentioned uh, earlier in the week with uh, like a psychic telling a woman that her daughter is dead when yeah, she's, she's still alive, like that feels a bit closer to someone kind of snapping. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine? I wonder what would have happened if um, Amanda Berry's mum knew Amanda Berry was okay before yeah dying. and like lived through the upset? discovery yeah 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 oh, exactly. I'm guessing she would have been very upset well, she would have been she would psyched. probably have been happy she would be really as well, really but... happy but also really upset with the psychic yeah. who's like yeah. get rid of all the stuff I think so she's never coming home mm. she actually said she's not the sort of girl who wouldn't call her mother great Ouch. thanks for your generic help yeah anyway sorry go on Oh, uh, yeah, so there was a convict who uh, basically claimed to murder them, but nothing came. They couldn't confirm anything or so. But that general people feeling that they had been conned was a pretty large motive as well. Um, I think the favorite of the authorities and police was just generally greed motivated, though, because he was raking in a lot of money. And, like, people knew this, and the fact that he... Considering his businesses and also some transactions he had planned, considering his carpentry, Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of grounds to think that he would have had a lot of basically cash money around. Yeah. But there was nothing present at all in the house when they found him. So that was the police's main line of inquiry. They assumed it was something money related. But yeah, so those three avenues still unsolved nothing really stood out as believable of, um, like of the examples connecting to these theories yeah but yeah like i, I was looking for generally like a, a ritual or paranormal things and i kind of got stuck on this one i hadn't heard about it and it was something with i know it was a very good age something with all the newspaper articles and also one source that described more what they found in the house. I'm not sure how verified this is, but one source that was also then going through others, that basically describing there were a lot of like relatively, you know, religious faith healing stuff in the home, but also in the basement they found basically a large altar with a weird apparatus thing uh, comprised. Hey. I there were no pictures. I've just read some descriptions and some seen some supposed pictures, which I'm not sure if I believe. Okay. Um, but there were descriptions of a weird apparatus, uh, basically comprised of a dozen or so creepy wax figures. Oh, uh, don't like that. Some planet representations, a huge eye in the center that was like lit up with the electrical light from the inside. Yeah. And stuff like that, and all this painting picture, and then seeing the photographs of the family, which, like, it's the perfect balance of, you know, no, no, this could be a completely normal family, and also, 
no, no, these people could summon the elder gods to ruin our world. It, it was a weird balance. Oh dear. But that's also the general, you know, oldiness of the photos, I suppose. But I, I, I kind of got stuck on it, and all the articles and everything has so much speculation, uh, but no one knows what happened. So I thought it was a good mystery. Yeah. Um, I did also find, I have not read it yet, but I did find online, it is possible to find a PDF of his uh, first uh, quarter of his new Bible, the, uh, what I call it, the oldest history of the world, uh, is available online. And I'm slightly tempted to read it. You should. Mm, I should. We, we put enough trash in our brains, we may as well put this <laughs> into. True enough, true enough. Oh dear. But yeah, so that's my brief and very, very gruesome crime. Mm. What do you think would be the most likely theory? I, I don't know. I think maybe it's just a random act of violence. I think just random psychopath with um, an axe stumbles on the house, sees that it's not well fortified, breaks in and starts chopping? Or Do you think it was a targeted attack? Well, I'm... I'm leaning towards either targeted like revenge thing or greed uh, focus because there there are points of that he was making a lot of money, and not all of them, but some sources point to that he was, for instance, like scheduled to do a big deal on the carpentry side of his life, mm-hmm. which he was going to pay for somehow, but no money was found. And this was something like very close in the vicinity. Okay, I'm not sure. I do not doubt, judging from what I've read on his, you know, practice and rates, he would have had a lot of probably cash around. So, or at least people would have suspected that he had. So, it's. I find it really difficult to get into the mindset of, um, of how it would have been back then, but... Mm. I just can't help but think, isn't there an easier, easier way of doing it? Probably. I mean, the the method points more to either revenge or proving a point in some way. Or you're just into that. Yeah, but then, I mean, it feels like there must have been more. Why? Case. It's a weird one. Why, why can't it just be, hey? Mm, I suppose... I'm not entirely sure how it was with, uh, in general, like travel, if you're just like a roaming serial killer. That's probably the best type of serial killer to be if you're not tracked. If you are tracked, you're in serious trouble. Okay, here, plus points, it's very difficult to connect the crimes. Minus points, if if you ever come under um, scrutiny as a suspect, then they're immediately going to be like, well, where were you on these dates? Oh, you happen mm. to be in each of these places when each of these happened across the country. True, but I mean, how how well do you think the tracking could have been back then? Back then, not at all. But mm. um, would you think about it back then? I mean, they wouldn't have even have a, had a centralized police force, so yeah. chances of it being connected are pretty slim. True. Like I did mention fleetingly that some of the newspapers thought or speculated that it might be uh, connected to uh, some other serial killings, but they were a bit off. And I don't know, this to me, it felt more, if not necessarily personal, than targeted, at least, for these people. I think any time you're doing something quite as gory, then it's likely to be personal. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be. But you've really got to hate someone. Mm. Or 
or something they represent, I suppose. Yeah, if that's how you make your mm -hmm. peace with it. I don't know, I find it really weird. Yeah. What's your theory? Yeah, passion. Someone that knows them. I, I'm not sure. Like, like the, possibly revenge, possibly greed, but yeah, I mean, the method kind of counts more to the revenge thing, especially if you're in killing them, trying to play up the, um, I know, unorthodox and holiness of the entire operation, I suppose. Mm. Uh, it's hard to say. But I saw this one and it kind of struck me, regardless of how vague it is. But it is Mystery Friday, so. Yeah. Mm. Mystery Friday. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's mine. <laughs> I realize. That we need an upper. We do need an upper. And mine is solved, two. so that helps. The mystery is how it was solved. Oh, okay. Mm. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Please tell me more. It's kind of a famous one. It's um, oh. it's called the Red Barn Murder. Do you know it? No? I don't think so. Well, let me tell you. The story surrounds uh, a 24-year-old called Maria Martin, who, um, when the story took place, which is March 1826, mm -hmm. she was the daughter of a mole catcher. Oh! Ah, I forgot about the mole catcher. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's a brilliant callback to, um, was that episode three or something? I think it was later, wasn't it? I, I don't know. Hold on. I, I can't I'm not sure. I shouldn't check, but I'm going to check. Oh, those sneaky mole catchers. Uh, episode Do four, episode four. Episode four. Oh. Yeah, episode four. Shooting from the hip flask. <laughs> um, to be honest, I, I honestly don't remember what our stuff. Oh, right. We were... We were trying to be protective of the mole catchers because for some reason that lunatic spree guy kind of... Derek Bird. Derek Bird, the taxi driver who mm. shot a bunch of people. Mm. And one of the people he killed was someone who was described as a part-time mole catcher. Yes. Oh, right. The part-time as well. And I didn't know why he's part-time. he did not kill the farmers around him or something. They were... I think the mole catcher was talking to a farmer. Yeah, there was something uh... really weird like that. I can't remember now. He killed the mole catcher and not the farmer, or he killed the mole catcher and the farmer, but not the couple. And then by the end, he was running out of ammunition for his mm, favorite gun. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't a good guy. Yeah, so more mole catchers. More we, mole catchers. Well, we're going to have to make the mole catcher our uh, new mascot or something. I, yeah, I do it's like moles. just sleeping. Yeah, she just sleeps all day and doesn't even bore Doesn't even podcast. Yeah, come on, come over here. I, I dare not wake her. She'd be grumpy with me for days. <laughs> so Maria is the daughter of a mole catcher. Um, mm -hmm. This all happens in Polstead in Suffolk, in England. Oh. But basically, Maria comes from a sort of fairly working class family. And, you know, she knows what she likes. She goes after the gentleman. Um, she As one is wont to do. Well, in the 1800s, not so much, but um, yeah, a fair point. she ended up, by the age of 24, she'd already had two kids. Hmm. Three, if some reports are to be believed, but um, at least one had died. The second, the dad didn't want anything to do with her or the kid, hmm. um, but would actually send child support, which is quite modern, all things considered. Indeed, indeed. And the third potential oh. kid, although 
it's it's included in some versions and not in others. Um, the third kid was um, with a 22-year-old called William Corder, who was a local guy who had a reputation for being, um, well, he liked ladies. Um, he liked them a lot. Um, There's a lot of liking in this episode, and I like it. Yeah, it's it's a bit lovey-dovey, but he was mm. also known as a bit of a troublemaker. He oh. he wasn't supposedly as much of a stand-up guy. He got around, oh. and yeah, like fine, whatever. Um, the one of the kids that she had had earlier on, um, the one that um, died in infancy, was with his brother. So <laughs> you know, keep it in the family, apparently. But your face says it all right now. Every discussion with you just ends up in the same gutter. It's not I my... I. That's not what I mean. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, William Corder was, um, was a bit of a dodgy dude. Aside from being, you know, serial... Uh, We'll say serial dater. Um, philanderer? Philanderer. Is, is philanderer a bit harsh? No, that implies that is he's more married, specific. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, no, he's just a ladies' man, I guess. I hate that term, but okay, fine. Um, whenever he was at school, apparently he managed to steal livestock from another farmer and sell it to other classmates and their families, and also managed to steal his dad's pigs and sell them. And in the end, the mm-hmm. whole thing was kept away from the police and just sold civilly by paying people back and giving out pigs and the whole thing was a bit weird okay but by 1827 apparently these two had had a kid and William said he he wanted to marry Maria and considering Maria's reputation because of the whole double standard like this isn't cool like she's she's had a couple of kids She's not married. This isn't okay. This is really against the law to have kids out of wedlock. And there has been more than one. Um, but yeah, he, William was all up for marrying her. And it, it seemed really, it seemed really positive. Um, but William did say to her that there were rumors that the authorities were going to prosecute her for having kids out of wedlock. Hmm. In the end, they decided they were going to um, elope because if they tried to get married in a traditional legal way, they may hmm. be blocked. So they made plans to meet at the Red Barn and they had a date in mind. However, so the date initially was the 16th of May, 19, sorry, 1827. And despite William's eagerness, he ended up delaying it Hmm. and they set a new date and he delayed it again. Finally, um, they made a a decision, right? Let's, let's, you know, finally, sets the third date they're going to follow through on it and um they make a plan to to meet in a lope and she's going to dress up as a guy and so she can sneak out to the red barn to meet him and Mm. if anyone sees her no one's no one's going to think of anything because by this stage william says there's a warrant out for her arrest for having children out of wedlock and so he he keeps saying that but i'm assuming this is not verified on we have no records of it okay there are no records and Mm. that could mean it's bullshit it could also Mm -hmm. mean it's 1827. We have no idea. Yeah, okay. So Maria apparently follows the plan. She she gets dressed up. She goes to the barn. She had a change of clothes there, so she would have been able to change into her usual mm-hmm. um, attire, and off she goes. And her parents last saw her before going off for the meeting. Um, but at that time, it, it was all very hush-hush because she didn't want anyone knowing. She didn't want to be caught. I was going to ask, the parents didn't know then? At this point, no. Okay. 
but it did come out later. So her parents hadn't seen her. As far as they were concerned, she was missing. But then a letter arrives from William saying that she'd already gone ahead to Ipswich where they were going to elope. He was going to follow um, and he continues writing letters to her. And by that stage, he is followed. Um, But he also asks them to burn the letters just in case uh, the authorities find it because they're probably after her still and everything Mm. else. Um, And he does say that she's ill as well and that's why she hasn't written any letters. It's just him. But it's a couple months later and Maria Martin's family are, are pretty worried and a bit suspicious. Understandably so. At this point, her stepmother wife of the mole catcher hey. Anne starts have, having um, some pretty graphic dreams um, she said she had visions of Maria's murder and her body being buried in the red barn hmm. she keeps having these dreams and they're getting worse and worse and in the end um, Maria's dad, the mole catcher um, <laughs> Important to underline every time Every time And I smile really widely every time <laughs> But mole catcher, I didn't even know this was such an old profession Like I'm so excited to have this um, But yeah, by the 19th of April, 1928 So it's it's about 10 months later um, Mr. Mole Catcher goes to the barn to dig in the grain storage bins where she's been having these, uh, you know, really graphic dreams about Anne being buried in or around the, the storage bins and being murdered. Oh, and specific. She, she's oh. super specific on it. She thinks this is where it is. Huh. Um, so he starts digging and they find a sack of human remains. And the body's pretty badly decomposed, but they were able to identify um, Maria because of her hair and her clothing. And this is some really old school uh, dental comparison. Mm -hmm. Maria was missing a tooth and it happened to be the same tooth in the body. Um, But finally, there was a green handkerchief wound tightly around her neck Mm -hmm. um, that was known to belong to William. So the the constable of, of the town in Polstead tries to find William Corder. Um, even though he's been sending letters saying Maria's fine and we're married and everything else, it's not looking great. Um, they do track him down. He didn't actually do a very good job at covering his tracks. Um, they find him and he was already married to someone else. Huh. Yeah. Um, he'd gone and moved to London. He'd married someone called Mary Moore because, you know, let's go with the alliteration. Why not? Always, always. <laughs> I mean, if you want your kids to be a superhero, well, that's he, the way you do it. But he could have gone for someone other than, like, I mean, you have uh, Maria Martin and Mary Moore. Like, he's into the M's. Hmm. But he met her um, from a singles ad in a newspaper. And, um, yeah, basically... He ended up um, getting caught because the police chief sent his daughter in undercover to where the guy was staying in London and said, um, she said that she was looking for a room and board and was there anything Mm -hmm. he could help with and da da da. And what's your name? And da da. It's like, you've been served. (laughs) Pretty much. Like, that's how they worked out who he was, where he was. Which I think is pretty cool. That's kind of cool. Um, so confirmed it was William, and then he's like, "No, no, no, I had no idea, and I'm I'm really surprised Maria's not fine." Um, he 
was insisting that he, you know, nothing happened. He wasn't aware of anything. Um, but he ended up being uh, taken for... Um, sorry, he was charged with her murder and taken to Suffolk where he was to stand trial at Shire Hall in Bury St Edmunds. Uh, English people will know where that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he pleads not guilty, of course. Um, by this stage, the news had spread throughout the region and, and you know, it's a really well-known crime, even now, but back in the day, it was a really big deal. Um, and people started showing up to the trial so many they had to do essentially a raffle to work out who would get in and get in the seats really yeah they had to give tickets out and they would raffle off the tickets like, i mean i mean that is slightly more fair i would have just assumed they would the first people who show up well to be completely honest i assume they would like i know if you have you sell tickets and then the first people to buy tickets get in you can't sell tickets <clears throat> to a public court the whole point of like being tried in a public forum is so that the public can witness it if they wish. Yeah, but if you have you a lot of the it. public... That's no, not... Okay. I, I agree. Like I said, I approve wow. of the raffle. The raffle was kind of... I just expected them to do something else. Oh, dear. Don't you... Oh, dear. That's, that's <laughs> no, no, oh dear I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't... No, this isn't as bad on the oh, dearing ones. <laughs> um, at this point, there was um, enough evidence that by 1800 standards, people were pretty convinced he was guilty. Mm-hmm. So there was a slash on uh, Maria's body on her face. Um, they couldn't tell if it was post-mortem or pre-mortem, but mm-hmm. they thought it came from a pickaxe. Um, and Maria's brother had seen him with a pickaxe and with a pistol and I think sacks as well the day before. Um, it, it could have been total nonsense. Yeah, it's very it specific. It and... it? slightly dodgy but yes but this added up to yeah um maria's little brother claimed he saw william with a pistol and a pickaxe in the day of the murder um but to be fair the daughter of the constable also found incriminating letters a french passport um for william which doesn't make any sense because he's english Hmm. um and yeah so it's enough that plus the the you know, very vivid dreams that mm-hmm. resulted in where she was found. It's it's not it's not ideal. No. Um, they didn't, and the handkerchief, of course, around her neck, which they were convinced immediately was his. Um, the body did have gunshot wounds. There was also the handkerchief around her neck and the gash to her eye. Um, so it was a massive amount of overkill. Um, and in terms of motive, it could have been anything from... We know William was a bit of a dodgy guy in his youth and there were serious suspicions that he was still up to no good now he was a bit older. He also was never public about his relationship with Maria and the only ones that knew about the two of them getting married were apparently her family. Even his family wasn't aware of it. But I mean, what would have been the point? Especially like if even just considering that he was telling the truth that she was being chased for the um, out of wedlock criminality... Like, we think he was just trying to get his end away. Yeah, but then he could have just left before doing the whole marriage and murder thing, right? They never got married. No, no, I, I mean like promising the marriage and murder thing. Mm, yeah, maybe. That's a good point, actually. Why didn't he just disappear off? And it sounds like he was the most insistent one on them getting married. Yeah. 
and he could have with the same motivation just as easily said like no no people are bearing down they are worried about the whole illegitimate child business mm-hmm. i'll need to hide a bit but i'll I'll come back for you and yeah. then just bugger off i don't know it's really weird actually that's a very good point mm. Mm. the um yeah i don't know the um the thing i said earlier as well about her having at least two kids maybe three kids mm-hmm. um the third one potentially being with him but would have died in infancy the reason we don't know if that's oh. true or not is because there was no record of the death or the birth yeah but um it, it was it, it was widely reported that it was and there were also oh. during the trial a lot of rumors that he was responsible for the their joint child's death Ooh. her parents seemed to think as well they had a kid together hmm and also thought the death was registered and they couldn't find any record of it. Huh. There was no trace of a proper burial either. Oh, that's dodgy. Yeah. Um, regardless of evidence or lack of, because that's a really good point you've raised and now I'm kind of scratching my head. Um, the jury only took a bit over half an hour to find him guilty and he was sentenced to hang. Hmm. So, um, whenever he was waiting for his ex execution he ended up um under the advice of his wife and the prison warden and the governor confessed so he claimed that he was quarreling with her and he accidentally shot her in the eye and he also wrote a confession relating to the burial site of their kid and said it it, their child was buried in this specific place but we don't have a record of it which the whole thing is just a bit strange yeah yeah by 1828, so just over a year later, he was uh, hanged. I always hate this term. Hanged? Hung? It was hanged. It, hanged just we sounds so We don't know so if wrong. he was hung or not. We know he liked the ladies. <laughs> he was hanged. Um, I'll remember that at least. Um, and depending on reports, it was a crowd of up to 20,000 people. Um, to tw- yeah. Um, to twist the knife, the um, judge who sen- sentenced him to death by hanging... Also, um, I don't, I don't know how to phrase this. Sentenced, agreed, decided that his body was to be given to. I mean, it wasn't known as this back then, and it was really not acceptable back then. Decided his body was to be given to medical science, uh-huh. and um, would be publicly autopsied hmm. and dismembered and dissected in a nearby town. So it was Hmm. actually in Cambridge um, and it was to be done in front of students and physicians. But I, I, on the one hand, hate this. On the other hand, I find it so childishly entertaining. The thing I hate about it is it brings up the whole World War II crap um, related to Hmm. it. When they, um, the surgeons conducting uh, the examination noted that the killer's skull was developed in areas of secretiveness. Phrenology, okay destructiveness and showed a lack of benevolence so on the one hand it's like (laughs) dude on the other hand it's it's just such complete and utter bullshit i hate um the the later more modern history of that kind of crap i mean most bits of phrenology is very hateable no uh, oh i was so ready to like go on the well at the very least we contributed oh he contributed a bit to science with the autopsy thing yeah he did but then whenever you come yeah. up with shit like that then you wonder how much good it actually did mm-hmm. um but they did get to do all the dissection stuff in front of a bunch of surgeons and students so that's good um 
But yeah, <laughs> I guess that's almost the end of it. Um, the final um, gross thing, I guess, is um, his skeleton is still on display at the Royal College of Surgeons. And that's not the gross bit. His skin was tanned by a surgeon and bound um, to make a book cover that gave an account of the murder. An entire book just on that murder? I I guess it was a small book. That's still... I mean, there is something weirdly poetical about that, though. I know, but it's also horrible. Yeah, but... I mean, it's macabre, but... Huh, interesting. Yeah, so the mystery is, how did the stepmom know? Mm. I mean, the vision, obviously. Do you think? Or do you think she used it as a way to cover up something else? Like, maybe, um, I don't know. Mm. I'm I'm having difficulty seeing how that would be a cover-up. I I mean, I do like the... um, Oh, what was his name? The dude. Oh, Quarter? Quarter? Yeah, but I do like him William Quarter. for the crime. So I, I kind of doubt there being a cover-up. Uh, if we're going to be all scientific about it, of course, there might have been um, the, an instance with uh, her Maybe. daughter mentioning something about the wedding or the location in general. And when she started getting suspicious that there was some foul play, mm-hmm. then her brain kind of connected the dots. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But, but you, um, but you think it was him. You don't think like the stepmother got fed up with um, her having illegitimate kids and arranged for her to be taken care of, or the brother did, and then because no one found her after this length of time, the I mean, stepmother no, finally cracked and said, "Oh, I had visions," and that was the cover up. I mean, you that would fit with your theory of him running off and not actually ever planning on marrying her. He's quite a good... But the, oh, wait. Okay, so I'm just working on the narrative as I was told it. You did say with, like, his correspondence, and he was writing about that, and you did say that he asked them to destroy it. So did they actually do that? They destroyed the correspondence. Oh, okay, so there is no actual is evidence. No. Oh, okay. But in that case, if she actually did that, mm-hmm. she could have still had the exactly the same cover story mm-hmm. and just not let anyone know where the body was like why would she point towards the body in that case because he promised to marry her and ran off bum, bum, bum. but uh, she wouldn't have cared about that well i mean social justice warrior maybe 1800 so why are you looking at me like that i don't know um because of sisterhood because um Hey, I I like you not enough to keep paying for your illegitimate kids and your bad mistakes, but um, obviously as an 1800 person who's very mm. bitter about their stepdaughter. But yeah. um, I don't know, maybe. Maybe that doesn't hold up. The other theory that I have hmm. is, well, it's not what I have. It's um, a suggestion that I find along the way. The stepmother may have been having an affair with him anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. There's oh, no evidence okay. of this. So how did you come to that theory? I don't know. Some the people of the internet. Oh, fair enough. Um, it's quite a cool one, though. That if that is a mo- if that is a possibility, it doesn't then... seem in any way confirmed. I can't find any evidence well, for it. 
but still, if that's a possibility, then okay, framing someone who's burned you makes a bit more sense. I'm not even thinking of it from that point of view. I'm thinking mm -hmm. of it from the point of view of he confessed to her mm. and maybe it was only ever a fling because she's married anyway and she's not really there to be spurned, but um, she's there for a good time with the local ladies' man. Um, but I hate the term ladies' man. But Have you consulted your LLM on this? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Agony Aunt Columns by, well, I uncle columns by LLM but yeah maybe he confessed to her what he'd done and she really just heard it right from him and it wasn't oh, a framing oh, thing he, it was like okay he, he did it he told her she outed him and she she maybe said something in the very beginning but the husband didn't believe her so then she had to have some reason some cover story for knowing that's fair that's fair I was more I was still thinking of cover up as in something like she did which, I, if that was the case, it would, yet again, not make sense for her to um, actually show where the body was. But in that position, yes. Then, like, he confessed he actually did it, and she covered it under vision. That that I can buy, yes. Mm -hmm. hmm. Hmm. Any okay. theories of your own? I'm, I'm not sure. With these things far back, it's hard to get the evidence. Like, I don't. Like I said, I don't really see why he would have murdered her. I don't really see why the stepmother would have. Or if she had, why she would have uh, divulged the location. Yeah. So it's a bit of a mess, kind of. It is, isn't it? Maybe it's the moles. The it's mole always people. the moles. Mm. Mole people. What mm. are mole people? People who are also moles. Mm. Who run the secret conspiracy, underworld, <gasps> whatever. Like lizard people, but people like... Mm. I mean, lizard people is bullshit, but mole people is real. Oh, yeah, that's real. <laughs> I mean, just look at poor... Forgotten her name as well. <laughs> what? Poor what's-her-face. Uh, yeah! Um, I know, right? Mm. Mm. <laughs> sorry, I have no <laughs> what idea. What was her name? I'm sorry. I have no idea what you're talking about. The victim. The murder victim. Oh, Maria. <laughs> Maria, thank you. Wow. What did you think I was going I for? I don't know, some random mole lady person. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm trying to, regardless of bringing up mole people, I'm trying to be slightly on topic. Okay, fine, so be it. I can tell you a really, really quick one to run things off, though, that's kind of mysterious and basically unsolved. You've got... No, I'm not going to... I was going to fuck no, with you, but got... no, no. Um, you got five minutes. Go. <laughs> I was kind of fuck with you and say something like that, but more specific. But nah, just give it. I do love your story, so give me more. Okay, as is my theme for the last week. Apparently, mm. um, we're back in England. Hey, <laughs> it's Burpham. Where is Burpham? Burpham's London, right? Burpham. Yeah, I hate that name. I don't want to use it. It is a fucking village. Um, yeah, Burpham. Um, Burpham. Burpham. I'm kind of getting a, um, what's the name? The lady in Keeping Up Appearances. Oh, yes, it is exactly that. Um, yeah. Bouquet. Hyacinth oh, yes, Bouquet. <laughs> bouquet, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm getting that kind of, a, no, no, it's Burpham. No, no, Burpham. Yeah, it's Burpham. Okay, fine, whatever. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you a very quick story about um, about something that happened on around 
a slip road in Bertham in 2002. Mm. Um, okay, picture it. Dark, cold, December, it's a Sunday night. Um, it's 2002, so all the, the phones are crap. Like, you don't have color mobile phones back then. You really, really don't. Yeah. Started getting them, I reckon, oh. 2005, 2006. Really? Well, the iPhone didn't come in until 2007. Well, no, but I mean, there were color phones before. Like, I started my military service in 2003, and I'm pretty... No, I went back to that one. Yeah. Uh, okay, never mind. I'm completely detracting from your story. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm they sorry. don't have color phones back then. Do you? Maybe there was really... They weren't fancy, but there were color and, okay. you know, cameras and shit. Let me think. 2003. I, I think... I don't think it was until a bit later. Anyway... Mm. This is similar to my naked lady one. Oh. Basically, someone had called the police to say there was a, they just witnessed a crash and they described it in detail. It was basically a car um, was speeding and ran off the road mm -hmm. and drove, like they couldn't see where it ended up, but it drove towards a ditch and then everything stopped and they, they couldn't see anything or hear anything and nothing oh. happened. So they called the police. And these people were in a, another car. Yeah, they were in another car. Yeah. yeah. And um, they, they called the police and sure enough, they arrive at the scene of the wreckage. They couldn't find a record of um, of the crash, but the officers looking around, they find a maroon Vauxhall Astra and its nose down in the ditch, covered in the undergrowth, the exact spot that was described. However, the car had crashed about five months earlier and a decomposed body was lying nearby. Oh. It was never found. And it seemed like someone had witnessed a replay like a ghostly replay of the event and that was the oh. only reason the police were called and the only reason they found it um the the body couldn't be identified but they later um yeah they whenever they pulled everything out because the car was totally obscured by leaves and branches because mm -hmm. um yeah it had happened a long time before and it was really in quite an overgrown area yeah they um ended up identifying the body from dental records mm -hmm. and it turned out to be 21 year old Christopher Brian uh, sorry Christopher Brian Chandler from Middlesex who had been <laughs> on the run from the police in oh, July really? of that year yeah huh. so it had been quite some time he was wanted for robbery huh. there there was no I was going to ask was there any loot in the car or so no hmm. nothing but that's my little quick one to run things off. That was a very quick one. And yeah, we're focusing on the spooky supernaturals this week, but part of me can't help wondering like what the chances are for something like a car crash or something where someone basically crashes off the road exactly where someone else has mm -hmm. crashed off the road, like even a couple of years behind. Yeah. Uh, but not been discovered. And either if the second one lands a bit further or some other way or gets out without noticing that one. Um, like, yeah, we were focusing on the spooky, but the thought struck me and I'm kind of wondering what the chances are. You'd, you'd think they're high enough because they're, it's the same spots that people tend to go off on, right? Like, even think mm. about the F1 um, we watched on Sunday. <laughs> yes. We saw two collisions, fairly similar, one a lot worse than the other, that happened at the exact same exact corner. Exact same current, yeah, and... Yeah, it, it was. 
It was the same corner. It, yeah, same corner and basically same positioning. Yeah. The only difference was well, uh, Verstappen was slightly more ahead yeah. than um, uh, Gasly. Gasly, of course yes. it was Gasly. Everyone mm. is annoyed at Gasly. <laughs> and then Verstappen did that thing and then everyone's annoyed at him and completely mm. forgets about Gasly. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I think, um, okay, there are a lot of roads in the world, but places become notorious because they're they're the same places everyone goes off on. You know, you can it's always true. have random accidents, but I think um, chance of it being the same. I mean, that's just part of physics and logistics, I guess. But, mm-hmm. um, hmm. That's an interesting one. Yeah, still spooky. Yeah. Mm. And with that, I guess we're running out of Friday mysteries, unless you have anything to add. I don't know. I'm thinking back on, you know, general spooky, um, spooky occurrences in my life. Um, no. No. No bodies or anything and no ghosts. Not yet, that I can remember. I was convinced I saw a ghost as a kid and now I'm like, nah, don't really think it was real. Hmm. I think your memories play tricks on you. Yeah, true. Yeah. Was it every time you remember something, you kind of distort it? in your brain a bit for the saving i really like that um that's a really i haven't heard that That, i've heard it it several times but also it makes sense but it also makes me kind of paranoid in general about thinking about stuff but yeah (laughs) switch your brain off (laughs) if only if only i could (laughs) oh no oh so on that tragic note um on that tragic (laughs) note Stop thinking about things. Listen. Blind, blindly? Deathly. Listen. No. Listen thoughtlessly. Hmm. Don't listen and try to connect the dots because apparently all you're going to do is screw up your memories. Hmm. No, I Open don't. Open your that. mind and never think again. Open your mind and never think again. I know. I was rolling with it. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I, um, I've enjoyed our spooky week. Yeah. Are we... Um, are we really going to do a King's Day celebration instead next week? I think so. We're going to focus on the royal side of things. Yeah. So. Or at least the House mm. of Orange. We need to make it in some way thematic. Okay, so orange or royalty. It, it needs to be in the spirit of King's Day. Mm. So whether it's royal or whether it's orange, I think I'm fine with that. Right? Well, we got the alcohol covered at least, so that's something. Yeah. Mm. We have to have something. I, I have some ideas. Do you have meloncello? No, but I would never have <laughs> meloncello. <laughs> yes. I I always think of um I I have watermelon liqueur, oh. but not honeydew. Huh. Uh, the the meloncello uh, was like a really chemically vibrant orange, kind of a cantaloupe looking um, melon approximate of limoncello. Um, I think it was right as we moved to the boat. Oh, it's cantaloupe I'm thinking of, not melon. Uh, not oh. honeydew. I just realized, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. probably closer then. Uh, but this was, felt it tasted and looked really synthetic. Uh, mm-hmm. But we kind of accidentally got a lot of bottles of this uh, yeah. on the boat. Um, it's a not very long but slightly convoluted story involving Italians and someone leaving the country and clearing out their apartment and we kind of sorted out the better part of a bar i suppose but, um, um dear listeners king's day is a celebration relating to the dutch royal family we'll leave it at that and we'll give you more of an explanation uh, next week but yep. 
essentially it's a day where a day and a night so the night before typically depends on the city you go out and drink a lot and on the day of um you go out and drink a lot well kids get up super early with their parents and True. find and ways to make money and everything yeah. yeah 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 um they have the kids market thing and so it will be like they'll they'll come up with like game ideas and um like you'll get teenagers who are like throw eggs at us you know mm. it's this much money per egg that you want to throw at us it, it goes beyond sponges and it's also a fair amount of kids selling alcohol as well to be yeah sure. <laughs> i mean they know how to make money don't they um but and also just selling their junk but um for for adults once you're over the the mess of the night before you end up yeah going out and drinking in the street and dressing in orange and being I mean, I don't think people here are super obnoxious, but it's usually pretty, pretty hardcore. Yeah, I mean, in the city center, it's insane. But uh, there's a, we we are going to focus on the good stuff. Yeah. And focus on what can be done, and also, well, we'll prepare you for Kingsley, and we'll try to prepare ourselves. Yeah, this was a taster, and mm. I'm determined to have a good one this year. Let's do that. I don't That's know if it's plan. possible. We'll, Let's we'll, try. We'll do our darndest. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Um, we will catch you then. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. And then we'll be back next week. Yeah, you can uh, reach us on Twitter at Crime by the Bar. Mm. Or send us an email at crimebythebar at gmail.com. And we'll update our website with all of our fun things. Uh, it's crimebythebar.com. And yeah, I think that's it. I think so too. So wish you a brilliant weekend and next week. Yeah, have a good weekend. Bye, everyone. Bye.